Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and you are watching Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed. By the way, I'm actually going to go back to Gratitude Unfiltered for a little bit. That is until I can hire my DJ. Uh, that said, you are watching Gratitude Unfiltered Remix. I'm blessed to have you here. We are on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, of course, powered by E360 TV, and you can find us by downloading the E360 TV app on your smart TVs, and uh, you'll be able to watch us on your favorite, on your TV, or your uh, any other device. And of course, if you're watching on social media, listening to the podcast, listening on the radio, thank you guys. Thank you for your support. God bless you. But those of you that watch on the network are special in my heart. So God bless you. Uh, really quick, a couple of announcements before we get started. We have the most, I'm really excited about this guest because I have a feeling um, we're going to be able to just uncover a lot of different things. I'm going to read you a little bit about him. Um, just so you're familiar with what we're doing here. Jerry, Z I, I'm going to say it wrong. I just confirmed it with him. Uh, Zare, Zare, Zare. I believe it's Zare. Gosh, he'll correct me and forgive me if I'm messing this up. He's an ordained minister and he has served as a pastor and leader in interfaith ministries for over 30 years. That's all I'm giving you, but there's a lot more. I he's got books. He's got tons of resources, but interfaith ministry. And um, this is, for a lot of people, I think this is going to be interesting because we all, I just, I was on set yesterday and had this exact conversation uh, or talking about interfaith and they were talking about the Mall of America, which is in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota, and talking about how you can come from anywhere in the world, from any different direction, but it all leads to the Mall of America. And he was using an analogy about God. Now, Here's the thing. I want to make this clear. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Okay. That said, well, actually, I don't want to do it like that because he is my Lord and Savior, period. The period, not but, not and, not any of that, period. He is. I do find it amazing that most of the people that watch the show are Buddhist, Muslim, atheist, gay, bisexual, or uh, another religion, or atheist. So that is a miracle in my mind that how that happens. Like, why do people listen to me talk about Jesus? I don't understand it. That said, um, I'm excited to ask him about this or talk to him about this because I've been to an interfaith church um, and it's very, very, very interesting. And it, to me, it, it feels like acceptance, but is this wrong? We're going to dive into a lot of different stuff. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited that he's here. I actually thought he was in Ireland for some silly reason, but he's not. He's in Indiana next to us. So shout out to everybody in Indiana. Thank you for being here. Uh, this is going to be awesome. I will be right back after these messages. Can't wait to have my someone run the show for me so I don't have to push all these buttons by myself. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it.
right, we're back, everybody. Welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered Remix. And if you can see behind me, let's go over here real quick. This way, right there on this side. Wait, that side, <laughs> dyslexic. Thank you, everyone, for making our book an international bestseller in four countries. God bless you. Uh, this is the hard copy version. Really excited. The new ones are coming that actually have the bestseller sticker on there. But thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you for everyone that's giving me feedback. Um, I don't even care if it's negative. And of course, all the negative feedback is coming from Christians. Go freaking figure. Take your religious spirit and go fly a kite. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to introduce to you the one, the only, Mr. Jerry. Jerry's there. You're right. You got it, Jimmy. I got so insecure. I can barely speak English. <laughs> I hate butchering people's names because it's so rude, especially no. after you told me that I said it right the first time. You you had it right. It was great. It's good to be with you. I love your energy. I love uh, what you're doing with your podcast, and I look forward to our conversation today. I do, too. First things first, Jerry, what are you grateful for today? Wow. I, I am grateful for my health um, because so often... All the things that seem uh, so um, get you upset, you know, and then uh, and then if you lose your health, you really realize how that changes so much everything. So I'm just and I'm grateful for my wife. I, I'm grateful for many people who've been a part of my life. I'll just stop there. I could I, go on. First of all, I, th this just brings up the first question. I love hearing people say they're grateful for their spouse and actually mean it. Um, I've never experienced that. I was always kind of, I, I'd been married three times before I met my amazing wife. Um, of course, I was a much different person back then. Right. <laughs> that said, I like it literally the gratitude. I can't stop thanking God for her because of the gift that she's been for me. And I, and it, it, what the reason I'm talking about this is because more times than not, I hear people complain about their spouse uh, and especially men, because yeah. I don't know if they they've carried over some high school BS of, you know, I'm going to be macho and like, I'm not going to ignore my girlfriend and I'm going to be a caveman and like, and I'm going to bang other chicks on the side and I'm going to do all this stuff. And it's not cool to love your girlfriend, but then they do it with their spouse too. I don't know if it's been carried over or what, but even at the gym today heard people nagging about their spouse. And I'm yeah. like, that's that's not going to breed anything good at all. It's just going to make it worse. That's right. Because here you have this blessing, this union, and you're basically speaking curses over it by the negative stuff. So I'm, I'm moved by that, and I like you already, Jerry. Thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, I've been married 37 years. So Wow. But, but let me say, you know, my wife was married for 13 years, got divorced, and she beat up herself a lot. Uh, you know, when she first was got divorced. And and I just say, even though you've been married three times, it is part of the journey we're on. I mean, we, we don't intentionally get married thinking we're going to get divorced. You know, right. we do our best. And and you did your best at that time. And you've grown. And, and it's amazing how God has opened up your mind and your heart and you didn't give up. And now you really have, sounds like you have somebody who you're in line with. Yeah. I'm a consequence. My life before now was a consequence of running from truth. 
yeah. living a lie, running for my identity. And, and I want to talk to you about this because as an interfaith, it, first of all, for those of you that don't know, Jerry, will you explain what an interfaith minister is, please? Well, I, I have been a pastor in a Christian church for 36 years, but I've been involved in interfaith ministry for all that time. You know, it's interesting in your earlier introduction when you said Jesus Christ is your Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I believe God is bigger than any of uh, my own tradition, beliefs, or uh, denominational background. And what I found is, as I've traveled the world and I've studied this, that um, I see God in manifested in many different ways. Sure. So interfaith ministry is not about changing my beliefs, but it's about understanding others. Because what I have found is the teachings that came from Buddha, from the Hindu, from Baha'u'llah and the Baha'i, the Sikh scriptures, the Quran, really have similar themes to them, the very essence of it, which actually reinforces in me that there is a God. Because the wisdom that he gave to Buddha or to, to the Hindu scriptures, gave to the Quran or to Moses, and then to Jesus, these same themes that even though they aren't the exact words, they're, they're right there. They're sure. right on. And when you see that, you go, gosh, actually, this wisdom God manifested at that time to those people who needed to hear that. And so um, I've been involved in interfaith ministries. You know, it's like Native Americans. I always loved Native Americans. But when I grew up, my minister said, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe like us. And, yeah. and he was like, you're going to go to hell if you're Catholic or you're Baptist or, or whatever. And I'm like, I'm glad you know the mind of God because <laughs> I don't know the mind of God. And Jesus says, don't judge. He says, love your neighbor. So what about the part, though, where Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life, and there, you're, you're not getting to the Father, but through him? Right. I almost said it right. Oh, uh, you, you got it. You got it. And, John, and that, you know, that I think I memorized the Bible verse finally. Anyway, but what about that part? Well, that saved your part. That's one verse, isn't it? And, and, you know, the understanding of that verse, Jesus as the way. Now, Jesus isn't speaking about the physical Jesus. He's talking about the spirit that was in him, the Christ. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I don't know what will happen when we get to heaven. I don't know if we'll see Jesus, if everybody will see Jesus, and they'll have an opportunity to accept Jesus or not accept Jesus. I don't know, you know, how that all happens. I don't, and the great thing is, I don't have to make those decisions for other people's lives. But you, know, you nailed that one, yeah. Well, I love it, like the Samaritan woman, okay? Jesus goes and in, to the Samaritan woman at the well, very famous experience of Jesus that many of us know. Here is this woman who's of a different faith. She was married three times. She's living with somebody. Now, Jesus, as a Jew, wasn't even supposed to talk with women, but engage them, but he does, to a woman of a different faith. Now, he doesn't shame her or guilt her because of her past relationships. He doesn't diminish her because of her different faith. He engages in her, and he says, if you want the living water, I will give it to you. He was offering her a relationship 
with God. Now, the, at the final part of that, he says to her, and I love this, you worship the God you do not know. We worship the God we know, but someday we'll worship in spirit and truth, which for me is someday spirit and truth. There's a greater sense of the Holy Spirit, of God's spirit, that will bring us all together, those who say yes and want God to be a part of their life. Can I, I want to ask something, and I, and I'm probably going to, I mean, I have enough reason. I, and again, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, period. But I, I really tend to piss off Christians. Um, so I'm going to ask this question just to stoke the fire some more. I know that we're all born with gifts because my gift I've noticed for years. That said, I use my gift for evil. <laughs> so for a long time yeah. and now I use it for good, but yet the same gift that I had didn't change when I gave my life to Jesus. That gift was there. So my question is this. It says when you give your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. But is there a different be difference between the spirit that we're born with that gives us the intuition, the spirit that gives us our gifting, our spiritual gifting, the, the gifting that we didn't ask for, we were born with it, that we can use for good or evil? Is, is there an, another spirit that drops in on the other spirit or is it the same spirit Yeah, that I just became holy? Well, you know, I mean, there's different points of view, right? So I respect different points of view on this. And you can get into the speaking of tongues and the gift of the of the spirit of tongues. And, and you know, that somebody isn't really baptized until they're having the Holy Spirit. There's many different points of view. But for me, I think the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is awakening within us. It's not so much that I receive it like it's outside but it is there. If we are created in the image of God and it's good, as it says in Genesis, if, if in the very DNA of us, we are good. See, now here's one of the things. The teaching of original sin was not a teaching of Jesus. That was a teaching of the Catholic Church. That was St. Augustine. Original sin was never a part of Jesus' teaching, but that's at the very strong premise of the Christian religion. And here's a step. Jesus and his teaching that the church embraced many theologies and ideas that I don't think Jesus ever bought into. Jesus never talked about it. And, and so I say, I follow Jesus. I don't really, you know, Paul and his teachings, okay, he has some value to them. But but the church and all of its doctrines and stuff that man-made doctrines really were at the very essence. The very essence of Jesus' teachings, when you read the Gospels, it was to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So for me, the Spirit of God is within each of us. We are created in the image of God and is good. Some of us have a journey and beat up on ourselves, do sin, you know, go down the wrong path. We're, we have a trouble getting in tune. But when we're in alignment with God, when we're in alignment with the divine within us and beyond us, we find that sense of peace. I want to stoke the fire some more because you brought up Paul. 
Paul contradicts himself a lot from my own readings. And then I've never been able to get past the part where he says women shouldn't preach uh, and be quiet in church. That the most godly, powerful, the most powerful humans I know on this planet are all women. I and the most godly on fire, Holy Spirit filled people I know genuinely 90% of them are women. For and, them not to preach the word of God to me seems as blasphemous as anything else. Like that's a man-made rule. And then obeying the government in, in this day and age, and I don't know what your beliefs are, but all I can tell you is you can't, I, I, my belief is you can't trust Trump and you can't trust the guy that's in office now. I don't believe that you can trust any of them. I don't believe for a second, especially, I mean, especially with the, the way I'm not going to go down as conspiracy wormhole here. But that said, what the government is doing to us is a violation of our God-given rights. No way in hell or earth or heaven is God, in my belief, would ever want us to bow down to these tyrants. No way. But yet in the Bible, it says I'm supposed to obey this governmental authority. What's well, that all about? You know, and, and there's a fine line because Jesus was a revolutionary. Yes. Jesus was about challenging the government. And so, but he did it in nonviolent. I believe in civil disobedience, but it has to be nonviolent. And, and that's where it's important. We should always challenge our government. We should always hold them to be accountable. Now, do I think we need to start our own, you know, state and go off and away, that's kind of extreme. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I didn't want to wear seat belts, but I learned how to, you know, I, I conform. <laughs> there are things we conform to with common sense, but but I do think Paul, and so your point was, Paul was speaking about the church and the women being silent. He was speaking about a, a certain situation, that time and space. There was probably a church in Ephesus where there was some woman who was, you know, being very loud, very disruptive. And so he was speaking about that situation. That's why we have to watch it, that we don't take the scriptures literally. You have to understand the context right. and the history of that using your mind. God continues to reveal to us new understandings of how we are to be. Homosexuality is a perfect example. Oh, I'm so glad you went here. Okay, Keep talking, please. Okay, so... One, Jesus never speaks about homosexuality. Two, Paul speaking about homosexuality. The translation of the Greek did not come into our language till the 1800s. The Bibles before then, it was a Greek word speaking of young boy with older man. It was about uh, it was about overpower. The word, the translation of that was because you have to remember back then in Greece. Boys, it was poverty. Boys would sell themselves, would prostitute themselves. Older men would, would take boys as, as little toys. And he was talking about the inappropriate abuse of a human being. Two consenting adults was never the image or the language of that. And that same language is in Leviticus is the same, is the same issue there. And so again, People don't study Greek. They don't know that. And then that word comes out as homosexuality. And then men who are a little homophobic and, and our culture was a certain way, you know, that we get perpetuated on. 
The same way with women, because men were in positions of power. We were the ones who wrote history. We're the ones who are defining things. We don't want women, you know, to, to, to have any power. And so we keep them at bay. Well, that's not to me as it is to you uh, that God has revealed our common sense, our experience. We need to take scriptures and look at it. And, and God's revealing to us a new way of relationships, of building relationships that are healthy and loving. I, I'm, uh, I got to breathe. I hope um, I didn't throw too much out there at you. No, no, because I know exactly what you're talking about, because I did a show on it about, uh, I guess, last year, about misunderstandings and misinterpretations of the Bible. And, I mean, it, I just, I, I did that because the I keep looking at the picture behind me, and what most of that story, I mean, there's, other than the chem sex addiction and all that stuff, but was, a lot of it was, has to do with the, my struggle with knowing what my sexual identity was. I mean, outside of the fact of having developing what's called disassociative identity disorder, which is multiple personality disorder. And I I've healed and I'm healing. I've healed my altars and I'm becoming one whole person and it's getting, I'm getting stronger. But as I've gotten stronger, what feels where I'm at my best, the man that I am, it's operating in the spirit. And when I'm operating that way, being get, uh, being led and guided and, and trusting and allowing things to happen and just being in flow, the world comes at me in, a, in the way that I want to receive it and the way that I see it, the way that I love it, where I'm happy. But to be honest with you, and again, here we go with the Christians, but you know, like I, there's a big part of me that is very like in the, like, like I love my wife. I'm attracted to my wife. She knows all this stuff, but you know, I battled my sexuality for most of my life and I've come to learn that no, it's very much a part of me. And the thing I've never understood, but I beat myself. I, I still, I'm 42 years old. I'm healthy. I've been living for the Lord for the last six years. I do I live my life in service to other people. And the closer I get to God and the closer I get to knowing who I am, the more that this is true, that I hate labels, but I, I would like to just call it free. But like, if I find myself to be attracted to another man, I'm not, I can think it's dumb to shame myself for it. Well, I have the hots for my wife. My wife is a babe. I love her. None of this is a surprise to anyone that's watching, but I'm at peace when I'm there until I open the Bible and I hear Paul, you know, say what he says. And it's like, why is he the damn authority in the Bible? What, like who made him? What about his discernment? What about his knowledge? He like, what, what is what makes his downloads from the Holy Spirit and God any different than the ones that I get or you get or anyone else on the planet where they can say and they they follow their own intuition, they follow what they're led to do, and and it and it's different for them. And if and if we're just dust and dirt, 
and we're like our, this is flesh, but we're to operate by the spirit. Our spirits don't have sexuality. It's it's an energy. Right. So how is it gay or bisexual or transgendered or any of that other stuff when it's just a spirit? Well, and, and, I, and I think, you know, I appreciate so much that, that I, I'm like you in that I follow the teachings of Jesus. OK, I, I and Paul and all that other stuff is secondary. Now, some of it's helpful. I'll take it in and read it. But ultimately, you know, this it's about love. Jesus was about love. And at the center of the universe is about love. And, and when we live out of love, how can you go wrong? And so, you know, one, we don't understand all of our understanding of sexuality, all of our brain. We're learning more and more. And so we need to accept and let people be who they are and, and love in this way. You know, and I'm like you. I, I've gotten more flack from my book from other Christians than I have anybody of other faith traditions. And, and it's sad to me because, you know, that's what's turned some people away from knowing God because they had an experience with Christians who were judgmental. I mean, tell me, how does that justify when you see people holding these signs that God, God hates fags? Would no, Jesus doesn't. really do that? Now, how no. do you think, how do you, how do you understand that? I mean, I really would want to hear them. And I think a lot of it comes out of their own fear, their own upbringing, their own way. But, you know, it's like anybody, when you start having a relationship with somebody, somebody of a different faith, somebody of a different sexuality, now it starts to rethink things. And, and you know, it was interesting because I had a friend when I was in, I worked professionally in theater before I went into ministry. I'm out in L.A. performing and doing that. And I had, when, I, when you're on the road doing dinner theater, they put you with people. So there was four of us who had four different uh, uh, bedrooms. This one guy is gay. And he gets up and goes to church every Sunday. I'm out partying, saying, I mean, I've been baptized as a Christian. I'm out partying on Saturday night, sleeping around. And then I get up and go sing in a church on Sunday morning. And he lives a more devoted life to his partner. And I just go, what's wrong with this later? As I look back, yeah. at him, I go, how hypocritical that, that people try to make judgments of somebody else. You know, and the only counter I have to what I just said is that I also recognize that there's an agenda trying to shove this acceptance and unity and accepting the 85 genders and accepting the, all the different sexualities and accepting all that. And like there's this the transhumanistic agenda that's at play. Like that's the only thing that bothers me the most. And it's like, okay, this is of the devil. I mean, because like that, because it's, there is a, there is an agenda behind the push that is different than this is naturally how I am. And again, well, I don't know if it's natural for me or not. I just, here's what I know. My whole world changed after being molested by two guys. My, my, the age of seven for me was a crazy year. Like that's where most of my trauma happened. And then it just kind of kept going. And then it became self-inflicted trauma and a whole other thing. But I've said this on my show a lot. I don't have a lot of hatred towards the people that did it to me. They, I, I, I was scared. I didn't know when they, they told me that they were going to tell everybody that I was a faggot and they were going to hurt me if I, if I told my family. Okay, I didn't like that part. But I also have been able to recognize as I've healed that 
I played a part in it, meaning I know this is I'm seven years old and all of that, but I've shared this in my book that there was there was things that happened before that by being like I was around porn the first time, like the day before. And I was around those same people. And like I I felt like in a way I kind of baited myself to be become the victim. I set myself up for this to happen. And I don't shame myself. I'm not angry about it. I don't like none of that. But the point is, is that I don't know if I had those tendencies before that happened. I just know that it brought it to a head, no pun intended. And there was a lot of questions that were asked and a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. And then going to church and hearing I'm going to hell, that didn't make things easier. That just contributed to my double life, having a double life. Right. So I don't know about that. So talk, can you talk about the agenda? And I want to get into your book and all that, but this is my last question about this other stuff. No. Well, I, I think, you know, there, there are groups who are driving agendas for different reasons. And, mm -hmm. and so you got to step away from the political or the media and just come to our understanding. God created us in the image of God and it's good. And, and I live by that. I, I find that that was the whole essence of Jesus was about love, was about wanting people to feel their identity and affirmation. He went with sinners. He hung out with the prostitutes. He hung out with all the people that were seen as unlovable uh, outside of the, that were disenfranchised. Yeah. He wanted them to know that they are children of God. And that's the power to me. The power is to say, help each one of us find who we are. And, and and that's what my life has been about, and helping people know that. I love that. I and I and I think it's beautiful. And there's nothing about that at all that feels wrong in my spirit. And I'm sure, like, because I know I have some zealots that watch this program and listen to it. How can how is what how is anything he just said or what I shared? How is that? negative towards Jesus or God. To me, that is a representation of God, which is love. And I, I just, I get it. I know what the Bible says. I know, but I also know that man corrupted it too. I, I do. And I, I know things, texts were taken out. Things were manipulated. They didn't have the translation. There's been 8 million translations of it. I think we have to do better about that's why I think it's important you need the Holy the, the Holy Spirit to be able to read the Bible so you can see in between the lines. But I but I just I I think we have to use our own judgment and not judgment of others, but our discernment, our like, does this feel right for me? Is this right for me? Look, cannabis may not be right for you. But for some people, like myself, that is the one medication I take, and it's medicine for me, and I believe in it. And I'll and if and if you don't like it, that's your problem because I'm not taking. If you know those of you that are, want to judge people for using cannabis and mushrooms, my God, do you know what pharmacy is? <laughs> do you know what it means? Do you know the history of psychiatry? And you're taking those meds, and you want to judge cannabis and mushroom use? I mean, it's just that everything God created was good, good. Man got his grubby little hands on it and screwed it all up. And well, that's and, why we are in the situation we're in now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's all part of our own 
um, kind of moving out of our competition, that the primal parts of ourselves that that as we move to a higher consciousness, a better way of living, a part of our journey that we're on the spiritual journey. And when we live in love at the center of that, you know, that's, you can't go wrong. And so, you know, that's, that's when I talk to people, that's why I wrote the book actually was to help people who maybe got turned away from God because they had a bad experience at some church, like I did as a young person and they gave up on God. And now they see, all these core teachings, this in fact reinforces in me about the power of God's love uh, that in the world. Yes. Like I talked about Native Americans. I mean, when you read the Native Americans, okay, so they call it the higher, you know, they call it, you know, spirit, spirit. God. Yeah. They, they have different language for that. But if you know any of the writings of the American Indians, those they were in creation and the world and at one together. And they're powerful writings, powerful writings. So, yeah, I Native American, I, I some of the different books that I've read about their beliefs and and just different things that I've learned from other Native Americans that I know. I'm also I'm also Native American, but not enough to you know get a casino or anything. But <laughs> I am Native American. Um, I but yeah, and it's like I listen to this and I'm like, this is an understanding of the spiritual world that I don't have yet. But I do know with all my heart, especially having been possessed, I I know that the spiritual world is way more real way more real than what we see in the natural. I, I know it for a fact. And I know that sounds like spiritual woo-woo, but it's true. No, so and, it, and, and and it's not even it's it's not even new. Uh, you know, when we talk about energy, when we talk about in quantum physics talks about there are different dimensions of the universe, energy cannot be destroyed. You know, science is catching up with what we understand as spiritual beings. I always say we are spiritual beings on a human journey. We're not human beings on a spiritual journey. And so as we are, you know, when we're in tune with ourself and in, in alignment with ourself and God, and I used to think of God out there, somewhere this being, you know, that was going to strike down. And, and maybe I pray like to God, like Santa Claus. When my <laughs> understanding of God changed and I saw God in everything, mm. if, if the essence of God is in the atom, the universe. And we know now that, you know, trees communicate, trees share nutrients with one another, you know, animals that we, we have that connection with animals. My goodness. When I used to come home, my dog would be at the door waiting like 10 minutes before I got there. My dog could sense that I was on the way home. You know, uh, I had friends who had horses and they would talk about the symbiotic connection with their horse and you know for some people they go oh that's just too crazy and i go open up your oh just open up the possibility don't shut it off listen to people try to understand be open not saying you have to take it all and, and go with any certain direction but that's what i want people to encourage people to do is be open to way god might give you a new understanding because I find a lot of people are still stuck in their past. They've been wounded, they've been hurt, or they had these teachings that were very negative that they're still trying to be set free from. 
but they're so ingrained in them and they think because they were given to them that they must be true. But in reality, just because some minister said it doesn't make it true. Well, okay, one more question before I ask you about your book. Sorry. No, it's okay. I love do it. You, do you think, because there's been so many civilizations before before ours, and yes. we're heading into the new one now, the the which would be the seventh or the sixth. But the 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 um anyway, the um I just brain farted on the the fourth industrial revolution is what yeah. It, uh, yeah the um that's the new age that we're coming into the that said do you think that jesus do you think it's possible that jesus was in the other civilizations too that he appeared like god sent his son for those civilizations as well or is that blasphemous well no i mean i mean you know if the, the question is the Christ that was in Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth was a physical person in that time and location, right? Okay. But in the Gospel of John, it says the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. Now, what, what's the Word that they mean? The Word to me is the cosmic Christ. It's the Christ. And yes, I think Christ got manifested in many different forms are people at different times. Um, and so I, 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 that's why when I study these scriptures and I see these beautiful teachings and writings about the same things that Jesus gave that were 2,000 years before him in another land, I go, how could that be? I mean, yeah. how could that be? In fact, it reinforced in me. A belief in God. So, well, let me ask you this. Is belief in worship the same thing to you? Oh, well, I mean, you have to un you'd have to unpack what worship and belief mean. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, because it means something different to each people, right? Sure. I, and yeah. and here, yeah, here's yeah, the thing true. is, I have a little trouble with the worship of Jesus. Jesus wanted us to have a relationship with God the Father. That's who he said, you know, when he prayed, hallowed be thy name. Now, we can become so focused on Jesus that we miss our relationship with God. Jesus, Which would be like, spirit, source. That's right. Uh, the universe. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So when I worship, I want to worship God. I want to, and worship to me just means being connected to God being in a way of praise and music and worship. I can do that in prayer. I can do that alone. So, you know, worship is a, is kind of a, a word could unpack. But belief is my, is my framework that I set my life around. I don't know. You know, I have agnostic friends, and I, they'd say, uh, I'm agnostic. And I'd say, well, what does that mean? They'd say, I don't know what's out there. And I go, well, then I'm, I'm agnostic too. And they'd look at me and i go, I don't know what's out there. I mean... None of us knows what's beyond. None of us knows. We have a set have of interpretations of how we feel. That's I mean, I have my belief of what I believe there is afterwards, That's but I don't know. I don't know. Now, my mother-in-law, she died on the operating table, had a life after life experience and came back. So for her, she felt she was in heaven. She saw that. But the bottom line is, 
somebody who said to me, if, if they prove that there wasn't a heaven, would you still have done given your life as a minister and tried to build these ways of peace? And I go, of course, because for me, Jesus said he wanted the kingdom of God, thy kingdom of God, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wanted us to experience some of heaven on earth. So my life has been about gratitude, blessings, reaching out, caring for people. You know, somebody asked me when the book came out, oh, now, are you a millionaire? Uh, are, are you rich? And I said, oh, I'm a millionaire. You are? I said, well, I got only $2,000 in my savings account, but I'm a millionaire in blessings. <laughs> and I am. I just, <laughs> I've been so blessed in my life. Mm. I would never give up what I've done. I haven't made a lot of money at it. That's not why I did what I do. I did it because it has made me feel like I have some purpose. I've helped people. It's made a difference in my life. God. You know, I uh, I think that's so beautiful. I, I just, I love it. Will you tell everybody uh, the name of your book and what it's about? And let's dive into that. Well, um, it's called The Peacemaker's Path multi-faith reflections to deepen your spirituality. And I, as I think, as we've talked about, I've taken six themes, walking the enlightened path, the power of prayer, loving yourself, loving others, karma or cause and effect, and then the quest for peace. And these six themes that are in all of our religions, and there probably are even other ones, but then I unpack them. So like loving yourself, I talk about uh, trust, shame and guilt, forgiveness, learning to uh, be in touch with the inner voice. I unpack loving yourself the same way I unpack about the power of prayer and, and all these. And it actually is not a book of theology. It's, it's, nobody would read that. I wanted a practical book. So it has 40 days uh, and each week, is a theme. So seven days is on walking the enlightened path, seven days on power prayer. So you could read one reflection a day where I write my reflection, my experience in life or with, as I travel the world, engage with people with that theme. Some of it's my own journey, learning how to find inner peace. And then uh, I write that reflection. Then I have scriptures from the different seven major world religions. Then I have a prayer from a faith leader. And then three questions for you to think about. Some people will write about it and use it kind of as a time of reflection. And then a call to action. What can you do to change your life, to grow in your life better, to live into the joy of your life today? So that's that's kind of the, the book in a nutshell. And uh, it's an easy read, but uh, it, it's on Amazon or you can get it on my own website at jerryzare.com. Yeah, if you look below, um, yeah, you got you're, it. You're scrolling, and those that are listening on the radio and podcast, it's j e r r y z e h r dot com. That's j e r r z e h r dot com. Uh, yeah, I it's I I glanced at it, but I have this this habit when I do interviews. I don't really do a lot of digging into people. I let the Holy Spirit. God, to say, he'll say, yeah, you should interview him. I'm like, okay. So I do, well, I do it. 
you and, know, um, and I say no when it says no or if it doesn't feel right. So I didn't do a lot of back looking into you because I really wanted this to be an authentic get to know you conversation. Um, but I find this all so interesting. And and here's the thing. Like, I don't ever want, and I'm talking to the audience here. I I, I don't. I've never been one to say, this is what you need to believe. This is what you need to do other than buy my book and buy Jerry's book. I like that. That's about all I've ever said. You need to do this. Whether you want to be vaccinated or not, that's your choice. You, you can do it. You, whether you want to fall in love with your pillow, that's your business. I don't care. I mean, I, I genuinely, I mean, I, 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 I what I care about is helping those that are lost in their own personal hell those that are in their own little prisons, I care about helping them become free. Yes. And that's the most important thing to me. I did it. It was Jesus for me. I, the, I was in a jail cell. I was facing five years and put in isolation, screaming and cursing at God as soon as the cocaine and meth wore off or the cocaine and tequila wore off that night. And, and just screaming because I realized that I'd wasted my entire life and I'm screaming at God. And I realize I've wasted every opportunity, every privilege I've ever had. And, and I'm like, why won't you fix me? Why won't you change me like everybody else? Very first time I've ever heard God's voice in my life. Yeah. You have to forgive your father. Well, wow. how in the beep am I supposed to do that? Because it happened to him too. Yeah. And then the forgiveness part, when I forgave my father and I said it out loud, I forgive you. And then I asked for forgiveness myself. And I said, my life is no longer my own. I My first vision came after being molested. I knew exactly what I was supposed to do, even though at the time I was like, I didn't know what a vision was. And I thought, what, is this a hallucination? What is this? But as I, I came to find that it was me running from myself, running from truth, running from everything my whole life. And when I said, my life is no longer my own, take my life, it's yours. I swear to you, Jerry, that from the top of my head down to my feet, I got hit with lightning or something, boom, and then like, wit, like knocked me on my ass and lifted me back up like that. And the feeling that came through me, I will never in my life understand. Now, was that the Holy Spirit? coming alive was it the holy spirit dropping in on me or was it the power of forgiveness and letting something go that was so deep rooted in me that that was enough to make me feel this euphoria this light this dancing this joy this peace i don't know but i swear to you it felt like lightning in a holy spirit and you know and for two weeks, it was like that. I ended up getting out of jail. Uh, thank God, no charges, nothing, which was by the grace of God. But here's the thing that happened. And I think this happens to a lot of believers. Spiritual high wears off. Yeah. Oh, she's <laughs> like, now what? Like now all of a sudden I'm not floating. Now I got to deal with reality. And reality looks like, oh, I'm homeless now. Yeah. Like that was my story. And and look, everything worked out. I've walked with the Lord as I've gotten closer to Jesus or the Lord. I, I, I've, I've learned more of who I am.
but segueing back to the very beginning, learning more about who I am kind of contradicts some of the things that are in the Bible. And that's really weird for somebody that loves Jesus like I do. And I well, don't understand it. I, you know, I, I, there, there are many different points of view and, and ways to interpret scripture. So what, what I appreciate in your story is that, you know, you uh, came to acknowledge and, and, and you don't have to explain that experience was your experience. Mm -hmm. and, and what I want people, as, as I've tried to learn, is to respect another person's mm -hmm. point of view. So your belief is not my belief. Your sure. relation with God is different than mine, but I can respect you. I might not even agree with somebody else's point of view. I mean, I can tell you all the things I disagree with, like Catholics and Mormons and, and <laughs> Buddhists. Sure. And, I, I mean, I can rip any one of those things and you know, because I have my point of view. And I can think my point of view is right because that's <laughs> the way I believe. Yeah, I'm right all the time. What are you talking but, about? But if I have a little humility and say, you know, Jerry, maybe you don't have all the knowledge of the world. And, yeah. and, and, and in fact, you know, if I, as I've come to have more humility as I've gotten older, I've realized I'm still learning. I'm still having new understanding. And, you know, it's that's that's what we need more, I think, today. Uh, we're so polarized, we're so angry, we're so set and locked into our point of view that if we can respect and listen to each other a little more, understand somebody's point of view, hear their story, and just celebrate with them, that's the power. And, and so I'm with you for your listeners. I What I really want is for those who are, who are feeling... Um, disillusioned, are feeling discouraged, mm -hmm. or they're feeling like they're just not sure about all this God stuff, or they're, they're not sure what's how to figure it all out. You and I both have been a testament that God does not give up on you. And no. sometimes I gave up on God. I yeah. turned away from God. But finally, when I was there, God was right there bringing people into my life. And thank goodness I finally woke up and, uh, and, and my life has never been the same. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the power of God's love and forgiveness, like you were able to finally to do, and I get it with a father, I, you know, forgiving your father, that's it, been a journey for a lot of us men. But as, as the, the word the Spirit gave to you, your father was like he was. I realized my father was like he was because his father gave to him. Yeah. And so there is some sense of empathy and and learning and 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 that's what I hope that people will have some respect and grace be easier on themselves don't be so hard on yourselves mm. and and just be able to receive that love and grace of God that's it it's so beautiful I you know I've been very I had a really weird it's weird's not the right word. I, it kind of blew me away. I had this moment, this profound moment of clarity that almost went against a lot of what I like that I've stood for. Um, in that, you know, I, I'm pretty educated on the underworld and how things work. And I, I'm the person that will actually go research things. And, 
you know, I mean, like I took notes because I'm going to dive into some of the stuff that you're talking about. Um, for my own, for my own knowledge and my own curiosity, I, I kind of live by the power of curiosity. Shout out to my friend, Martin Lopez. Uh, but it's, it's, it's been one of those things that it's really, it's been a gift. I, I consider it a blessing. It got me in a lot of trouble, but it was a gift. I, I love having the power of curiosity. I forgot where I was going with this dead gum. Oh. Ah, but, oh, I had it. I just lost it too. It's okay. It's okay. Because I, I want to come back to your point about some of the things in the Bible. It used to be what we understand now as mental illness, people who are schizophrenic. We understand now in the Bible, they called that demons. Yeah. And, would, and, and, and people who had leprosy, you know, and how that was. And, and now we have an understanding. Mental health my father was was bipolar. We never would go to a doctor. He never would have gone to a therapist. That was so against everything, mm -hmm. macho stuff. Well, what we've realized is God has given us doctors, and we have a better understanding of mental health. And so, again, we have to take the teachings of what was in the Bible and apply them for today with our common sense and new knowledge that God is giving to us. Well, before you go rushing off to a psychiatrist, everybody, I want you to go visit the his, uh, the Museum of Death, please, which is the history of psychiatry. Research the history of psychiatry. Research what pharmacia means before you go into that and then use discernment. And also, it's a really, really good idea to read about the side effects in detail. Don't ignore them. I know they play some of them on the commercials, but actually go read the side effects because one of the things that you should research, speaking of world religions, they seem to honor the pineal gland a lot. It's on a lot of their symbols or their staffs. It's at the very top. It's in symbolism everywhere. You know, we all have a pineal gland. It's very important. But research what some of these medications will do. Like literally the medication you are taking, I don't need to name them. Take it, that how it affects the pineal gland and then read the side effects and then use your discernment. Yeah. I, it is a spirit. In my opinion, I'm not speaking for you, but in my opinion, the Bible was correct in that they were spirits and demons. I know it's mental illness now, but when you read about the history of psychiatry, it was given labels. If you notice there's a new disease for everything because some of the medications you're taking spawned a new disease. And it spawned another one. And you got to take a medicine to counteract those side effects. None of that is of God. Nature can heal you. You can be, I believe with all my heart, because I've done it. I've had it happen. We talked about this before the show started. You know what? I, I, I felt like the other day when I was sick and I was vomiting for 12 hours straight. Like, I swear to you, it was like a release of a demon or something. Because I've, I've had them before. I know what it's like to be possessed. I know what it's like to have multiple people living inside of me. I know these things. So I believe with all my heart that mental illness is a spiritual problem, not a mental problem. I believe well, it with all my heart. Okay, so let me, if I can, just, you know, yeah, for the conversation. You can disagree with me. It's okay. Well, for, for me, and, and, and one, I think you're right about psych medicines, that, that we have a tendency to medicate people too easily so yes very smart about that and you have to wise it i do though and our science has shown 
some people are not uh, don't have the same um, generate the same uh, chemicals in their body, and 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 some of that can grow in in your lifestyle, in your balance of your foods, and yep. some of your stuff. And, and I and I always encourage that counseling, psych, psychology, which is different than psychiatry. Counseling helps you find healing and inner you know peace within yourself. Counseling is a is a positive thing. It can be abused. Same way, same way medicine can be abused. I do believe medicine is given. God gives doctors wisdom. I, and I so, and I so that, you know, there are some people like insulin. They need insulin. They're diabetic. Mm-hmm. And to say to them, don't take your insulin, just pray to God. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, I understand and that. So, yeah. So anyhow, I just because because there is some mental illness that 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 I think it, it is in the brain and our understanding. So I mean, again, I think we can find common ground that we agree, and because of the extremes. But but I don't want some people who are there, who are maybe feeling a lot of depression, and and you know there are some times that you can get help to help you through because your body is just depleted with a lot of things and. So anyway, okay. I, I, I agree with that. And I'm not bad. Like there's some, I have physicians on all the time. I worked in healthcare for 18 yeah. years. Like I, like I understand some of these medications are super important and they are of God. I, I thank God every day for the doctors that sacrifice their life. And I mean this literally for the medication that I get to take, the one that allows me to be healthy uh, from having HIV. Yeah. I thank God every day for the doctors that suffered, the people that were killed in the name of research, the 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 people that were used as test dummies, the people of Africa that were given the drugs, given the AIDS virus without them knowing, uh, and then so they could test the vac- the vaccines on them or the the medicines on them, and the people that early in the early days that were suffering miserably, the doctors that went rogue and went against big pharma and found their own way to be able to help those patients. Yes. I thank God for them every day yeah. because the life I get to live now is because of them. So I'm not bad mouth in the medical community at all, but but there are some evil mother truckers sure. that are in big pharma. So, sure. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, when there's money to be made, baby. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of money to be made in the church too. That's right. So, and I'm and I'm ugh, anyway. That's a lot of rants, Jerry. I could talk to you for days. This has been this is the fastest hour of I think of, of my life. Um, I've enjoyed this so much. I'd love to have you on again. Actually, I'd love to um, plug your book again, and also um, everybody that's watching uh, on the the Live Mono Worldwide Network, watching on social media, in the media kit, as you guys know. You'll be able to find all of Jerry's links, how to follow him, how to buy his book, his website, all of that stuff on livemonoworldwide.org. But of course, you can always go to his website also, uh, which I'll have running here now. So it's right below. And uh, so, Jerry, plug everything you want to plug, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Well, you know, more than because the book is is there, and it will it will be fine for people. The, the thing I want to say is, yes, I would love to come on. I would love to be with you. And I love that your your title is gratitude because, you know, that is at the key, I think, of our spiritual life. When we get down, when we get feeling depressed, 
one of the best things, and, and I write about this a lot in gratitude in the book is, you know, start making a list of the things you're grateful for. And it's amazing how that shift happens and, and how your, your life comes. So I, I, I know you're not doing this podcast to make a lot of money. It might make it, but you're doing it because you want to make a difference in somebody's life. I'm thankful for that. Love to talk to you more about it. Um, and so people, yeah, I hope that uh, if you get the book, The Peacemaker's Path, and you find it to be meaningful to you, I'd love to hear back from you. Yeah. And, and I know some people who've bought it and given it to somebody else who maybe who really had lost their way with God. And it was a way to help find their way back because it wasn't a, a hard line. It wasn't like, you know, a, a doctrine book. It wasn't like this is the only way. It was offering um, just some easy ways and, and, and some beautiful ways of connecting to God again in our everyday life. Absolutely beautiful. Jerry, God bless you, man. Namaste. Thank you. God bless you. See you soon. Man, that was so interesting. I love that. Um, I'm actually going to buy his book. I don't really read books. <laughs> I do. Re I read a lot. I research. I read research books. I just don't pick up books and read them very often. I want to read this. I have so many questions still. And you know what? Here's the thing. God's not afraid of your questions. He's not. He's a big boy, so to speak. And you know, here's something I, I, I wish I would have shared this when Jerry was on. But for two years, like after I gave my life to the Lord, after the spiritual high wore off, I spent so much time still running, trying to suppress things that in my head I was hearing that was wrong but in my heart felt was right so I started shaming myself again and beating myself up and 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 and, and, and the devil used all of that to hurt me that's why I had the relapses that I had because I was trying to deny something that was a part of me. And so when it finally came out, it came out ugly instead of just being. And look, and I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's right or wrong to, you, you know, if, if you're gay. I can't, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to tell you for me what I shared. I don't know. But the, I don't know the truth about it. I've got questions. I know in my heart what feels right and normal. And if you want to question my faith because of that, I don't want your faith. I've got mine. I don't give a crap who is offended. It's it, it, because this is my life, you know, and, and you for you watching. Like before you start trying to mess around in someone else's yard, Get your own crap figured out. Mow your own lawn. Take care of your own crap, your own house. Figure out who you really are instead of lashing out at others while they're figuring it out for themselves. All the damage that has been done by judgment of others. And I had to check myself with the, 
the the conversation that I had on set with the guy. And and like I that's what that was the conversation that I forgot that I was trying to lead to. I had my heart open big time talking to this gentleman who is hardcore liberal, which is the polar opposite of me. And by the way, I'm not conservative either. That's the polar opposite of me. Like, I, I don't want to identify with either one of those clowns, that those organizations. But, you know, the right is a little bit more freedom of choice when it comes to the vaccine. And the left is very, well, you need to take it. Kids, everybody, give it to your cat, give it to your dog, give it to your pillow, put it in your bed, inject it in your food. I mean, it's just like, that's where that's what this is going on. And so this whole time I've had this venom, like, what is wrong with you psychos? But I had an epiphany after talking to him because I had a normal conversation. And mind you, it had to be normal and civil because we were on set. But we're on set and we're having this conversation. And I guarded my words a little bit. But that said, I heard him out. I listened to him. Listened to him and what his beliefs were with no judgment. And you know what happened? I had compassion for him because I realized that, I mean, my generation is just as bad about this, but we were told that we could trust our teachers. We were told we could trust our government. We were told we can trust our church or pastors. We can, we want to idolize the celebrities. Like we've been programmed to believe a certain way. And it's all for what? You can't trust the news. They lie to you all, all the time, but they're so good at it. Unless if you take notes and mark down on March 17th, 2019, they said this. And then on April 1st, they said this. And then on May, they said this. And like you, the story changing. Do it with Dr. F-Face Fauci. Same thing. Now, the difference is the reason I know these things is because I actually take the notes. You know why? Because when I was living my double life, I needed to take notes of what I did so that I would know which lie to save, how to keep it a secret, and also with switching. Like, sometimes I would just forget. Like, I was like, I, I did something I don't remember doing. And mind you, that's not as, as severe as it used to be. But now, if somebody tells me something or they say they're going to do it, and it's maybe a new relationship, I'll make a note of it. I make a note of it to make sure that I heard it exactly the way that I did so that I know that it's real. And that's the thing. When you when you switch in different characters, sometimes you forget, like you 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 slip out of reality and you don't know what you just did. That's a reality. It happens all the time. It's why I lose so much stuff. But I'm healing and it's getting better. But so many people have been trained that they can trust all these people and they just do it. It's a habit. It's not a... You know, how long does it take you to pick up a Coke habit? Twice? How long does it take you to pick up a drinking problem? Cigarette problem? A sugar problem? A donut problem? I got a donut problem. Rebuke that. Anyway. But when you've been programmed and told and you believe, 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 trust, 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 do, 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 because, you know, hey, you got to obey your government. So I had compassion because I realized that I've been fortunate that I don't have the formal education. My education is I educated myself. Um, 
I don't watch the news unless if I want to see the lies they're saying. Um, and 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 like I, I do, but so many people know because of Walter Cronkite, the world's greatest newsman. Like you can trust him. He just gave you the news. Now you got everyone's opinion. But our minds have taken the opinion and believe it as actual news. So we recite it and regurgitate the lie. And then it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. So I had compassion. So to the theme of this conversation with our guest is maybe we should just shut up and listen. Quit talking so much. Mind you, it's a talk show and I'm going to talk. But what if we just started listening? It doesn't mean your opinion is going to change. It doesn't mean that you're going to unknow what you know. But what would happen if we just listened? I don't know. Thank you so much for everyone uh, for watching today. Thank you for sharing this out. Thank you for um, tagging a friend. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all your comments. God bless you. And also, thank you to everyone who's bought the devil inside me. Appreciate you guys so much. Have an amazing day. And uh, God bless you.